This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Libby Collins. And we've got a very busy Sunday morning ahead. I'm going to tell you all about that in just a moment. Got Jack Grow here in the newsroom. Hey, Jack. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on? Listen, um, I know it's been kind of gray. Yeah. And sort of overcast. Yeah. Have you been getting kind of that down winter feeling? Uh, you know what? A little bit. Uh, but... I think that's pretty common, and I think it's a good thing to help some to have some habits to kind of you know combat that. But yeah, I'd say you know the uh, kind of blues that come along with not as much uh, sunshine. But yeah, you know, I'd say yeah. I've been there like everybody else. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. And our own Debbie Lazaga took a look at it and found out whether or not you need to be winterized. I know this is hard for you, but winter is coming. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now that Mother Nature has gotten over her identity crisis, really, 70s, 70s in November, November, the temps have taken a nosedive, and it looks like they're here to stay. Remember the polar vortex? <laughs> but it's okay. It's cool. We know what we're doing. I mean, we are tundra territory, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, for a big chunk of the population, this time of year can be super daunting. Marquette psychology professor Dr. Stephen Saunders sat down with me and went through what we can expect and what we can do to maybe make this a better season. First of all, what does winter do to us? The most basic thing about winter is there's less sunlight. And since there's less sunlight, it affects us a lot in ways that are perhaps unexpected. One of the unexpected ways that it affects us is it affects our hormones, the level of serotonin in our brain. It affects our schedules. Of course, it's colder, so that will drive people inside as well. So it's not just one thing. Like you said, daylight is a big deal. And we've already had our first test of our fortitude of the season with the end of daylight saving time. By the way, the seasonal change is actually a thing diagnosable. Less sunlight over fall, over winter can lead some people to develop what has come to be called seasonal affective disorder. Also known as the winter blues. And it may not happen to everyone, but it does affect a good chunk. To some extent, it probably affects one in five persons. To a really bad extent, it affects about five percent or about one in 20 people. And for some already predisposed to depression, it could become pretty serious. Some people might actually need to consider consulting with their doctor and potentially get on some antidepressant medication. And he says one of the reasons they think we are more likely to get sick in the winter is the lack of vitamin D. Well, we do know that our bodies produce vitamin D when exposed to sun. There's some research suggesting that taking vitamin D helps your immune system. Did you know there's a whole culture that has this whole winter thing well in hand? Think of them as professional winterizers, the Scandinavians. Well, I am married to a Norwegian, and so I do know a little bit about the Norwegian culture. And if I had to summarize it, it's embrace winter. They get out in the snow. That is probably a really helpful attitude if other people could use that. It's a whole paradigm shift. We just need to change our attitude toward the change of the seasons. You're absolutely right. You know, embracing winter um, would be good across the board. So what are some things we can do for a successful season? There are lights and they can be found on Amazon and they're not particularly expensive. Research has shown that that helps quite a bit. We can follow what the Danish call hygge, or creating a warm atmosphere and enjoying the good things in life with good people. They don't let winter interfere with social activities, getting together with some friends. And maybe it's the case that a lot of people do less social 
socializing over winter because it can be more difficult driving in the slush and stuff. But if you can put up with the difficulty and do it anyway, that would be very, very good for your mental health as well. It may not keep us from feeling the effects of old man winter, but if we can look at it differently, we'll have a successful winter season. Debbie Lazaga, WTMJ News. Ah, Debbie, thank you for all that information. You know, he mentioned about driving and all this slush. We're going to let you know around 9.07 this morning what the most dangerous Christmas songs are when you're driving in a car. Oh, you got to hear this one. Also, of course, this time of year, almost everybody's expecting package deliveries, and they're getting those text and email notifications. Well, are they legit? Our consumer experts here with how to know if you should click them. And uh, also, have you heard about boxes of fun for the holidays? It's a Wisconsin tradition, and we'll tell you about that. We also have a couple of surprise guests in the studio with us. Uh, Mark Hass is going to be here, and he's speculating when we're going to be seeing those live events at AmFam Field during the winter. Matt Miller's got uh, information about a 20th anniversary of a favorite holiday film for a lot of people. Also, we're going to take a look back at the Week in Review. Jack Grau, of course, is in the newsroom. We've got Isaac here pushing those buttons. And in just two minutes, it's Matt Sossler and sports. It's all here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News, where it's going to be a little bit overcast here early in the day. But later on, we might actually see a glimpse of sun. Our high is going to be 38 degrees, and currently it's 32 at WTMJ at 812. Number 7 Marquette raced out to a 17 to nothing lead en route to a 78-59 win over Notre Dame. I mean, we expect to play well. Um, you know, with, with the team that we have, we feel like we can, uh, you know, put some runs together. I mean, you never really expect to go on a 17-0 run to start the game. But, you know, I thought it, it demonstrated our guys' readiness and, um, you know, willingness to guard. I thought we were flying around pretty good defensively, getting our hands in the basketball, forcing long possessions for them. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's definitely some areas for us to grow and improve upon, and we will. Marquette head coach Shaka Smart. It took seven minutes for the Fighting Irish to find the scoreboard, and they only shot 9 of 24 from the field in the first half. Up next, the Golden Eagles host St. Thomas this Thursday. Wisconsin volleyball is headed to the Final Four after defeating Oregon three sets to one. Sarah Franklin led the Badgers with 20 kills, who were also dominant in the front row, with 16 blocks compared to just four for Oregon. Up next, the 2021 national champion Badgers fly south to Tampa for a national semifinal match against the 2022 national champion Texas Longhorns this Thursday. The Packers will be without a key receiver tomorrow night. Out will be Christian Watson, Doubtful, uh, Quay Walker. Questionable will be Jair, Aaron Jones, Darnell Savage, and Eric Stokes. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur, of those names listed, Eric Stokes was the only player who participated fully in yesterday's practice. Tomorrow night's kickoff from the Meadowlands is scheduled for 7-15. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Matt. And in just a couple minutes, we've got Mark Cass coming up. And also, I'm going to have a forecast for you right now. At 8-16, we have 32 degrees at WTMJ. Well, it's going to be a little breezy, cool. We've got some sun that might actually break through those clouds later on today. We'll get up to about 38 degrees. Then tonight, 
becoming clear. 26 or high, and it looks like we've got sunshine for the rest of the week on Monday. Sunny and 40 degrees. Tuesday, mostly sunny, a little bit breezy, 38. Wednesday, mostly sunny again and a high of 41. And on Thursday, we've got sunshine, and it will be mild and we'll be back up around 48 degrees. Currently, we've got, uh, let's see, in Cedarburg, it is 33 degrees. Uh, Colgate has 29. In uh, Cudahy, it's 31 and a WTMJ. It is 32 degrees at 818, and that means it's time to check in with Mark Cass. He is the editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. I think I heard the Hallelujah Chorus coming from Madison this week. Mark, when Governor Evers signed that $500 million American (laughs) Family Funding Bill. Just think, you know, I've been using the line all week, Libby. It's finally made it over home plate. It's been the longest run around the bases I've seen ever. Think about that. This started in January or February of earlier this year. It took all the way to now. It got signed. But as I told you originally, it was going to get messy. We were not going to want to watch how it got made. But in the end, it got done. And in the end, that's the most important thing, that they'll be here through 2050 at least. And the work will start now. And it got done, and everyone's holding hands and singing at the end. So, again, it's not how you got there, right? It's just a big deal for the city. When do you think they'll start holding winter events at the stadium? Probably from what Rick Schlesinger has said this week is they'll start work after the 24th season. So then after 25 season, they'll start to hold events. And he's talking about concerts. He's talking about shows. It could be card shows, monster truck shows on the field, soccer games, the basketball games. Really trying to make that area used all year round to try and make more revenue for both the team and the state. So that's very important. I'm kind of fascinated to see how many people will actually drive out there in January when the parking lots are full of snow and it's cold to use the stadium. But now he's saying he can get that stadium warmed up to 70 degrees all year round. So it'll be very interesting to see. Maybe you can hang out there in January, right? We can kind of run the corridors of the stadium. Who knows? Maybe they'll put the next Taylor Swift concert yeah, tour. You know, that's on probably that's funny because that's probably the number one question that I've been asked is kind of what could come there. Could she come there? Well, of course she could, but she mostly does larger stadiums. Think about the stadiums she's done. They're all eighty thousand or more. She fills them for three nights. Could it happen out at Amfam Field? Of course. Would it happen? I guess I wouldn't be counting on it so fast because I just don't think it's large enough for her. Yeah, there's still a lot of other people I'd like to go see there. Green though. Bay though, there's still all the rumors about after her trip to Green Bay last week. Will she come back and play Lambeau Field? Lambeau Field is large enough. She would draw from a long range, and I'm sure you would be in the front row, Libby. Well, except she wouldn't have real good memories from that game the other day, would she? Yeah, which is really, I'm really sad about, aren't you? Oh my gosh, I'm still on cloud nine about it. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about downtown Milwaukee with, guess what? Another apartment tower coming. All right, tell us about it, and are these buildings going to find enough people to live there so they can make money. This is an interesting one because it's right by the Market Center, right on Water Street, right on the river. 300 units and it's going to be another wood kind of tower like the Ascent. Hoping to start construction in 25 to be up and going. You'll see in 24, you'll see the Couture come online. You'll see the Heinz Project on 3rd Ward come online. Each of those is about 300 units. With everything else, with Ascent, with Nova, which is currently open, there's just so many on the high end. I'd like to see obviously more kind of in the middle and kind of more on the affordable side. I think you'll see it. Who's going to live there? I think you're seeing demand still. I think where it's coming from are some of the other units in the city. One thing I've noticed, Libby, over the past couple months is more incentives. More incentives from landlords. You're seeing free months rent, whether it's you know adding on free parking, free other... You're starting to see stuff that you haven't seen in the last number of years just because of high demand. I think you'll see that, and I think you'll see some of the older structures that I've been saying along. They're going to start spending money on upgrades. I know I live not far from Juno Village. They're spending money on an amenity building. You know, more things for their residents to do. So the market over the next three to four years is going to be very competitive. Can't wait until all 
all those buildings are filled with high, happy tenants. High rises. As the mayor used to say, cranes are a wonderful thing in the city, right? And not the birds. <laughs> Exactly. All right, let's talk about the Milwaukee County Council. Tuesday, they're going to look at a resolution to support that Kenosha Racine Milwaukee passenger rail line. Yeah. Do you think it's going to go forward because it failed in the past? I'm not sure if you remember this one. This was about 12 or 13 years ago. There was a big effort for this regional transit to come, you know, kind of extend the metro line in Chicago up through Milwaukee, going through going through Racine and Kenosha. I think there's support for it now among the locals. Is there enough support? I don't know. Transportation is always a controversial issue. We've seen a lot of movement over the past couple months, whether it's rail that's going to go Amtrak to Green Bay, to Madison, up to Minneapolis. You've seen the tremendous success of the Hiawatha. The Amtrak train from Milwaukee to Chicago is full pretty much every day, almost every train. So there is really kind of demand for it. Will it happen? I don't know. Anytime you've seen it with the hop, you've seen it with other kinds of transit in Milwaukee, or there's always controversy. Hopefully we've gotten over that. And as a region, we can look at transportation because it's so important towards growth. It's so important towards drawing more of the people here. And if we want to get to the mayor's growth pattern of a million, we need more transportation alternatives. I'm kind of hoping it happens. Yeah, All train. Right, you and I, remember, we still have our hop ride. I'm still I, waiting on our hop ride. I go on there every Saturday looking for you. I'll be there the day John McCure is. How's that? John wrote it. He actually text, oh, he texted me a photo right. of, of John on the train. But of course, he was doing a drinking thing while he was on the while he was on the hop. But you know, we don't want to go there. All right, let's talk about what the Milwaukee Business Journal is doing in partnership with Visit Milwaukee. It's only how many months away to the RNC? Yeah, we're getting down yeah. there. We're down to seven months, seven and a half months now. We're going to have an event this week, and one of the issues we're going to talk about is going to be for the security zone. Question I'm often asked is kind of what is going to be the security zone around the arena, around the actual convention, and it's not out yet and won't be out until probably early 2024, maybe January or February of next year. But we just have to look back to 2020 to see what it was then. And then it was on the north side. You had just north of the arena, kind of up towards the Hill neighborhood. On the east, you had the river. On the south, you had the avenue. And on the west, you had the freeway. That was kind of the security zone pretty much there. I'm assuming it's going to be a lot like that. Maybe you'll make some tweaks here and there. And there's also kind of levels of the security zone. So you can get into certain areas with certain credentials. But to get into the arena or near the convention you're going to need full approval. But this is a big deal because it impacts who gets into the city, how you can access things in the city, and people are going to want to know that. So we'll see that in early 24, but we're going to start to have a discussion with the police chief and the fire chief about what that means to the people who work downtown and the people that come downtown. Because, you know, we're only, as I said, seven months away, and this is a big deal. We're going to see it really ramp up in early 24, and we're going to have one heck of a summer, kind of as you and I talk. We're going to have one heck of a summer next year. It is going to be an exciting time. You know, all I know is I'm coming to your house. I'm going to rent out my (laughs) condo. I'm coming to live with you for a week. Yeah, you'll be making a lot of money if you do that, too. (laughs) Tell us about the 2023 Executive of the Year named by the Milwaukee Business Journal. I I know it wasn't Taylor Swift. I think she came in sixth. It was close. But uh, no, actually, our Executive of the Year was the CEO and Chairman of Northwestern Mutual, Mr. John Slipsky. If you think about what NM has happened there this year, they had a choice. Would they invest in Milwaukee? Would they invest in Franklin? Elsewhere in the country, he decided to invest another half a billion in Milwaukee with the revamp of the North structure there and to move 1,800 or more employees from Franklin into downtown. He's very active on the RNC, very active in terms of the AmFam bill, very active in terms of Microsoft, very active in terms of encouraging his workers to come into the office again and spend money in the heart of the city. So we had a great group of executives here who've done great things. I think John and what NM has done over the past number of years, as you think, this is not the first time they spent all this money in downtown. This is the second time, obviously in 2014 with the corporate headquarters. You know, This is a big deal for the city, but it's also for the region just to have a company the size of NM invest 
all this money, have their employees here, and stay in Milwaukee is really important to the future of the city. So we honored John and Aventura this week. And the thing that I found really interesting in his remarks was it was not about him or the company. It was about other companies and trying to work with other companies to grow Milwaukee. And that's really what they want to do. And Mark, I have to say, yes. I understand that you and Susan Kim and our own Vince Petrano and Eric Bilstead all got together this week for a really great cause. Yeah, we got to spend some time, at least some of us, behind the bar at the newsroom to raise money for journalism in this area, for journalism students in the area. We got to have some beers. We got to serve some beers, serve some drinks. I made a couple of rum and cokes. I'm not sure how well I made them, but maybe they were a little heavy pour. People were asking for heavy pours. I don't know what that means, but I just kept doing it. But it was a lot of fun. It was great to be behind the bar. It's the third time in the past year I've been behind the thing serving drinks, Libby. I'm not sure maybe i have another career i'm not I was sure gonna say, people like next, me because i pour a lot and, ne- <laughs> I, and i give them more than what they paid for i'm not sure if i'm great for the bar but i think i'm great for the customers how about that all i know is next time i have a party you're coming as bartender oh wow there you go i should <laughs> i could rent myself out that'd be fun i think i better keep this job as editor one it's not clearly as hard work as that it's trust me it's a lot of hard and you spill a lot on yourself which is no fun either yeah, but the tips are better when you're working as a bar. Tips? I didn't get any tips. What do you mean? Oh, people are supposed to. Oh, that's what they were doing. Okay, I understand. <laughs> hey, Mark, always great to have you here. <laughs> it's always good to talk to Libby. I'll talk to you next week. 32 degrees at 827 on WTMJ. And welcome back to the second half hour of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. It's a Sunday morning edition, and I'm Libby Collins. A little bit later on this morning, um, well, we've got some boxes of fun for you. I'm going to tell you about that. It's, it's, it's a really interesting thing, and it's all about Wisconsin. But before we do anything else, the governor put a pen to paper on the Brewers Stadium bill. Alderman Bauman has thoughts on Christmas trees and a special gift for a long-time WTMJ talent. There's so much more, too. It's the Week in Review, brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back, 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 back. A Catholic priest serving two North Shore congregations is on administrative leave while an investigation is launched into whether or not he broke his priestly vows. Once a story like this is broken, Father Payne is not going to be able to be a priest anymore in the diocese. Jordan Love is Love stepping up, throwing in zone Watson! Touchdown Packers! It must be exhausting always rooting for the anti-hero. Don't listen too much Taylor Swift. (laughs) Oh, okay! A Milwaukee police officer said to be in grave condition. He was severely injured in an accident with a semi in Oak Creek Sunday night. A lot of people are hurting right now. My heart's in a million little pieces. Julia Nowak posting on YouTube about her husband. His most heroic act didn't involve his badge. His family agreed to donate his organs so families across the country will receive a new lease on life. It's a brotherhood and sisterhood. They get through it together. Happening now at American Family Field, the Brewers hosting Governor Tony Evers in a bill signing ceremony. He is putting his signature on the legislation that will keep the team in Milwaukee through 2050. I am proud to sign this plan into law today. A host of local and state 
leaders gathering at home plate of American Family Field to make it official. Today's landmark signing will help us continue to deliver the best fan experience possible. But not everyone is happy with the bill, which provides $400 million in state funding for repairing and maintaining the ballpark. Brewers VP of Business Operations Rick Schlesinger tells WTMJ. The Brewers contribute more in direct tax revenues, sales tax, income taxes, payroll taxes, than what's being contributed by the public to this ballpark over the next 27 years. Early information coming in about a mass shooting at UNLV in Nevada, Las Vegas. They've just heard rounds going off, just rounds, rounds, and uh, someone said they was on the third third um, floor with them at one time, so they were super nervous. We do have one suspect down. We got an update to the Christmas tree scandal in Milwaukee. Oh, yes. Excellent. Now they've decided that Christmas trees are yard waste. So he made the point. We could have planned for this. Yeah. We could have budgeted maybe for a separate pickup. DNR, though, is pushing back. Hold up. Not so fast. Maybe you saw an article in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel this morning as the DNR saying, not only is this not a new policy, it's been around since the 90s, but we told the city in January they couldn't do this. Well, this is awkward. from the University of Alabama. Yeah, I don't feel like making us sit through this again. Can we do the Cliff Notes version? (laughs) The end. Thank God for that! December 7th, 1941. A date which will live in infamy. Marching band from Auburndale, Wisconsin, taking part in a solemn ceremony today, the 82nd anniversary of the Pearl Harbor attacks. I could feel the deepness and the amount of pain that people went through. Our assistant program director, Mike Spaulding, puts out a program schedule for every week, and then it says Jeff Wagner's final show is Friday, December 15th. That's a strange one to write. And I said to our assistant program director, that's a strange one to read. So our partners at Summerfest have something for you. My friends at Summerfest, Don Smiley and and Miss Sarah and Julie, they sent me um, a, a Summerfest 55th anniversary guitar. Stick around for 25 years and you, you get off. I guess I got to tune it a little bit. Cap goes kids to kids Christmas toy drive. I, we, and this is a fantastic setting, by the way. The sun is shining. I wanted to bring on a special guest who showed up here with carts full of toys. And that would be, well, you're famous. My lovely wife, Fran. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard, but I'm... I'm going to be around the house a lot more. I'm, I'm retiring in about a week. I don't know if you if you had heard that. You don't think you're, I'm going to get on your nerves? No. You know what? You read a lot. What a week. Poco Hello. Take care and goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. And the Weekend Review is sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. It's 32 degrees at 838 on WTMJ. Coming up, we're going to tell you what not to click on when you get a text. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. It's going to be breezy and cooler today. We've got some afternoon breaks of sun. That's right. The sun's going to be back with a high of 38 degrees. Clear tonight down to 26. And then speaking of the sun, tomorrow mostly sunny and 40 for a high. Uh, Tuesday, more sunshine. No. 38. That's not so bad. Wednesday, sunny and 41. And Thursday, mostly sunny and mild. Our high temperature is going to be up around 48 degrees. In Sheboygan right now, it's 32. Uh, Tosa, you've got 32 degrees. Delafield's at 29. And we have 33 degrees at WTMJ at 841. I've been getting a lot of those texts saying that, well, I've got a delivery issue. But guess what? I didn't ask for a delivery. Joining us on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline is Michelle Reinen from DATCAP. And tell us about this 
delivery notification scam. Yeah, so this is the time of year when we see this scam spike. Fake shipping companies or scammers pretending to be shipping companies are sending consumers messages alerting them to a package delivery, but then they threaten to delay it unless the recipient verifies their private information. These are phishing schemes trying to confuse consumers because of the heightened online holiday shopping season, as well as you may be expecting a gift from friends or family. The scammer is seeking passwords, personal identifying information, financial account details, and they make their email look legitimate by using logos and language and even the names and, and coloring of legitimate shipping companies and other other retail companies, including the U.S. Postal Service. Unbelievable. How many people are taken advantage of by this scam? Oh, numerous consumers receive this. It's a broadcast email. So whether you shop online or truly are waiting for a notification from a company about your package, you will likely see this shipping scam. Just be sure you don't click on those links. Don't act and respond to this or get nervous about it. If you'd all wonder about your package, go back to that original confirmation email notifying you that your package sent from the retailer and use that information to log in to check on the status. Don't click on the links in these fake emails. Okay, so and if you think you're being scammed, who do we call? Call Consumer Protection at 1-800-422-7128. It's 843, 33 degrees at WTMJ, and you're a minute away from Matt Sossler and sports. Oso Iguodara led the way with 20 points in 7th-ranked Marquette's 78-59 win over Notre Dame. He's worked on his shooting quite a bit, and he, the guy does so much for our team. Um, you know, far be it from, from me or anyone else on our team to, you know, prevent him from taking a three-point shot, but... I thought the rest of his game, you know, was just phenomenal. And it was clear from early on in the game that they didn't have a good matchup for him. Um, And so he did a nice job, not only with his scoring, but creating for other guys. Golden Eagles head coach Shaka Smart. The 20 points is just shy of Iguodara's season high. Up next, the Golden Eagles host St. Thomas this Thursday. Also on the hardwood, 23rd-ranked Wisconsin men's basketball fell 98-73 to to top-ranked Arizona. Their next contest is Thursday at home against Jacksonville State. Wisconsin volleyball is headed to the Final Four after defeating Oregon three sets to one. Sarah Franklin led the Badgers with 20 kills, who were also dominant in the front row, with 16 blocks compared to just four for Oregon. Up next, the 2021 National Champion Badgers fly south to Tampa for a national semifinal match against the 2022 National Champion Texas Longhorns this Thursday. If the season ended today, the Packers would be headed to the playoffs. Nah, we don't, we don't need a reminder at all. You know, we know exactly what position we're in. Um, you know, every game is like a playoff game for us. You know, we just got to, we know that mentality. We got to win out. So um, this team doesn't need a reminder of that. Quarterback Jordan Love on the team's mentality headed into tomorrow night's game against the Giants, who go for their second straight win over Green Bay after defeating the Packers in London last year. Kickoff from the Meadowlands is scheduled for 7-15. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Matt. It is going to be a day where you're going to start out. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Christmas song. By the way, after the news, we're going to tell you something about some Christmas songs. But I, when I hear this song, 
Always think of the movie Love Actually. Let's go to our Tri-County Contracting Hotline with media critic and pop culture editor from OnMilwaukee.com, Matt Miller. And the reason I bring this up, Matt, is it is the 20th anniversary of the film Love Actually. And that is one of my very favorite movies. Don't judge. Don't judge. I'm not judging. The thing with Love Actually is that there are a lot of very charming, very well done stories in Love Actually. It's just unfortunate that they have to share a movie with some of the less charming, less emotionally <laughs> smart stories in Love Actually. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm seriously, I am going to share something very personal. The reason I think I, I feel so much about that film is it came out right after my husband died. And uh. so, and you know, you've got the Liam Neeson story about he he had just lost his wife and i mean i it kind of helped me get through that time yeah i think you know on a broader level i think that's why i get frustrated when people talk about you know reviewing movies without a bias and things like that because each movie hits a person in a different particular way and you know a, a movie like love actually you know a silly sweet christmas romance movie can have something in it that speaks to you on a level that a a serious movie might not. And so the idea of, you know, oh, you should just be reviewing it from, like, you know, this certain level, I just always find that frustrating because the way we react to art, the way to react to stories is going to be completely different. I have movies like that, too, where it's like, there's all of a sudden there's something in the movie that speaks to something that I never would have expected in this particular movie. Um, and I think that's what makes movies and art special. Well, since you brought that up, Confession Time, what movie is it that really makes you move? Uh, in, in, in a weird way. I'm putting you I'm on the really... spot, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, the, the movie Constantine with Keanu Reeves is like a fun, silly comic book action movie. But for some odd reason, the conversations in that about faith and God and religion are really interesting to me and really hit me at a moment in my life when I was thinking about those kind of things really hard. So, And again, I don't think many other people would watch those movies and be like, ah, yes, this movie has a lot to say about faith and belief and stuff like that. Uh, but for some odd reason, it just really hit me in that moment. Wow. Okay, so I haven't seen that movie, but now I'm going to, and I'm going to watch for that moment and see if I'm moved in the same way. (laughs) Well, well, yeah, and another one, like uh, the Royal Tenenbaums was one. I remember (laughs) I was at a moment in my life, you know, you're a teenager, you think you're the weirdest kid alive, you think you're, like, really struggling with stuff. And then I watched the Royal Tenenbaums and was like, oh, yeah, a lot of people are weird and are dealing with stuff. That's great. So it was just like a weird thing that, like, I watched that movie and was like, oh, I guess everyone's weird. What a comforting thought. And look at you now. Yeah, no less weird. (laughs) And speaking of weird, so I know you're excited about this film, Godzilla. Now, yes, talk about I, a Christmas film, right? <laughs> and you know what? It's funny. We've talked about movies hitting us. I cried in this Godzilla movie. I cried. No, you three didn't. Times. I did. I really did. It's tremendous. I think it's one of the best movies of the year. It's called Godzilla Minus One. It is a Japanese Toho original kind of Godzilla 
movie. Uh, it isn't one of the American ones we've gotten a lot in recent years. And it's really tremendous. It is everything you would want from a monster movie. Yes, there is awesome action. There's awesome Godzilla terrifying action of him destroying cities and it is all very thrilling and very blockbuster satisfying but you actually care about the people in the movie too you actually care about the story of a former kamikaze pilot trying to figure out how to move on with his life um and it's just really really well told it is i'm not going to say it's like the most original story ever told it's a godzilla movie but you know it, it the action is incredible. The story is really well told. It's well performed. I, I love this movie. It's the best blockbuster of the year, and I, I, I hope people keep checking it out in theaters. I, I am surprised to hear you say that, because my only re- memory of Godzilla was you know, seeing it back on TV when I was a kid, and... And where, you know, you had the, it was the original Japanese, I think, and except everybody's mouth was moving at a different pace than what the actual dub in was. It's, hopefully it's not like that. Yeah, no, it is not like that at all. It is, it is subtitled and the performances are very good and the special effects are very impressive, even though Godzilla still, Godzilla still does look a little bit like a, a guy in a suit. Like they have him moving a little bit like a like a toy, uh, but I, I think I believe the budget for the movie was like fifteen million dollars, which is insane considering how good the special effects in the movie look. Yeah, makes that's you wonder much. what is. Yeah, it makes you wonder what's going on with Hollywood accounting that these two hundred million dollar movies look only maybe slightly better. Um, but it, it it really is kind of everything you would want from a Godzilla movie in terms of the monster mash stuff being really really impressive. But normally the complaint with Godzilla movies is, yeah, but you never care about the people. You know, the the humans are always kind of like, uh, roll your eyes, we'll get through this and we'll get to the Godzilla. But in this one, you really care about the people in it. And it's, it's, it's really great. It's a great blockbuster. I hope people seek it out. All right. Speaking of those Hollywood movies and uh, Hollywood accounting, what is the future <laughs> of movie going? I mean, it's gotten to a point, you know, years ago, you could go to a movie and have dinner and, you know, probably it was it was considered a cheap date night, you know, and and yeah. but now you go to the multiplex, you have the comfy living room seats, you have them deliver your food and beverage to you during the movie. It can be $100 plus just to sit there and watch a film. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why kids' movies have been kind of the slowest ones to really recover is because, you know, if you have, you know, a a wife, a husband, and three kids, that can be a very expensive day out. That's no longer, you know, just popping the kids in the van to see a movie. Um, I, I do think this was a very interesting year for Milwaukee because we lost a lot of theaters this year. We lost three Marcuses. We lost the Downer Theater, hopefully temporary, but still it's not back up. Uh, you know, and, and it seems like a lot of these theaters might not stay as movie theaters that we lost. You know, it, uh, the, the Fox Bay sounds like it's going to become kind of more of a multi-use community space as opposed to just a dedicated movie theater. Um, I've heard plans for some other theaters that like they're going to move maybe more into like events as opposed to just solely movies. And, you know, that's, that's kind of sad on some level. I get it. You know, movies are not a, a great, movie theaters are a tough investment right now. 
Um, but they are special, and they do play better at a big screen rather than at home. I really do believe in that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a weird time right now for the movies, and I think a little bit of what we're seeing is a move away from the monoculture, a move away from everyone's got to see the new Marvel movie, everyone's got to see the new superhero movie, to niche is the new kind of blockbuster. I mean, Godzilla has made some decent money in movie theaters this year. Obviously not blockbuster level, but I think movie theaters are getting pretty good response from this Godzilla movie. Beyonce, Taylor Swift, these concert movies that were considered niche, those are bringing in crowded auditoriums. Um, there's a new animated anime movie coming out this weekend that's probably going to win the box office. These are kind of niche interests. But that is what is bringing people into theaters as opposed to the all four quadrants, everybody must see this blockbuster kind of event stuff. And I, I think that might be the future. How, you mentioned the Beyonce movie. How is that stacking up versus the Taylor Swift movie? Uh, it's, it's making significantly less money. And I think a little bit of that is because, you know, Taylor Swift is a, a global phenomenon at this moment. But also In the person that, of the year. And the person of the year. And also that tour was her entire career, whereas Beyonce's movie is just kind of about one album, one tour in her career, whereas the Eras tour felt like a culmination of sorts. It felt like, you know, it felt like nostalgia. It felt new. It felt old. So it, it's just hard to compare because the Eras tour was such a significant, you know, career-spanning event, whereas the Renaissance tour was, you know, just another album tour it's still beyonce she still you know is definitely worth seeing and the movie is 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 interesting and impressive in many ways uh it's just hard to compete right now with taylor swift (laughs) (laughs) yeah it certainly is hey listen matt it is always great to have you here and we'll be following all of your columns at onmilwaukee.com thanks for having me Okay, Matt Miller, always great to have you here. Uh, Let's see, coming up after the news, now we played Mariah, which I know irritates a lot of people. And by the way, Brenda Lee has uh, surpassed her with that uh, top holiday song this year. But do you know it could be dangerous when you're listening to Christmas music and driving? Oh, we're going to tell you about it right after the news on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Libby Collins. Oh, we've got a busy hour ahead of us. We're going to tell you about sending boxes of fun for the holidays, and it's Wisconsin-made. We'll tell you about that. Also, a couple of surprise guests are going to be in the studio. Can't wait to share that with you. But before we do anything else, Jack, don't go away, because I don't know if you saw this about the top 10 most dangerous Christmas songs to drive to this holiday season. Uh, well, I can't imagine like Silent Night is on that list, but I'd be interesting to know I'd be interested to know what it is. Well, here's the thing. Research was done by the South China University of Technology, and they found beats per minute had something to do with having you drive less carefully okay and and apparently you know you you tend to have a little more dangerous driving behavior if you're listening to songs that have a high beat per minute now here here's the list now and and just 
kind of go with me on this one. Okay, okay. Um, at, at number 10, you've got I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Now that has a... Okay, that now that has <laughs> 129 beats per minute, Okay. although that's the Michael Jackson, Jackson 5 version. All right. Shout out to Gary, Indiana. Uh, and so it's it's a little more up-tempo than 129, but it's it's got, you know, it's just a little bit slower paced. Number nine on that is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Okay. Number eight is I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day. Seven is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mm. Then you get to number six. That's let it snow, let it snow. But let's go to the top five. Yeah, yeah, hit me with at those. N- at, at number five, now this is 146 beats per minute. And, well, you remember John Lennon. Oh, of course I do, yeah. Okay, all right. Okay. I can see if you're driving around, got a little ice on the road, maybe some dangerous yeah. conditions. Yep, yep, you feel it, huh? Yeah, yeah, you know, I can see yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, I hate that song, by the way. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, maybe it has something to do with Yoko Ono. Um, but okay, let, let's move to number four, because number four is 147 beats per minute. So just one more beat than the last one. And that's Santa Claus is coming to town. Okay. All right. I can see it. Yeah. You know, that's one you're like, you're tapping your feet to a little bit. Maybe you're patting well, the steering wheel. You miss a turn. Things happen. And hey, it's Springsteen. It you know? is. So, yeah. yeah. So I'd say that's maybe even probably a little bit more than 147 beats per minute. Because, yeah. you know, you get you, you, you get that great band behind him. Uh, then we go to number three. So we move up a few more beats to 149 beats. And that's, that's Feliz Navidad. Mm. Feliz Navidad. Okay. Yeah, okay. I could crash get, my car to this. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> when you got to have those maracas going, right? Yeah, when you of course. Have this one, because I, I, I do like that song a lot. All right, now, uh, we played this a little while ago, and I, you're probably surprised this isn't number one, uh, but it's, you know, it's at Mariah Carey favorite oh. or not. Oh, 150 really? 150 beats per minute. And that's not number one. All I want no. for Christmas is not number one. Interesting. No. Yeah, no. I was I was prepared to you know put some money down on that. Wow. Yeah, because I mean surprised. this has this has a nice beat. You can dance to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you know, and here's the interesting thing is I'll bet you this list was made before Cher's latest was released mm, because yeah. uh, you know hey hey Mr DJ play a Christmas song for me I love that song by the way um, yeah w- w- you haven't heard it oh I Isaac we Isaac can you pull that up before the end of the show because that I think might be my new favorite Christmas song and we'll have to count how many beats per minute but this one might surprise you Jack okay this song is the most dangerous song to drive to. And it has a hundred and seventy-two beats per minute. Really? Yeah. That's yep. the most dangerous show. Really? Frosty the Snowman. Yep. Man. That's the one that's going to get you in the biggest in the biggest crash you can imagine. You know, I wonder if you know, like the drivers who are providing this. Uh, Information. Maybe they were drinking a little bit too much eggnog before they started listening to Ooh. Frosty the Snowman. Please do not drink and drive, folks. That is a terrible idea. Don't do that. But that that surprises me. I never in a million years, not in a hundred Christmases, would I have guessed that that would be the number one song on that list. Wow. Yep. Huh. Most dangerous. Most dangerous song to drive to. I. I- 
I, it surprised me too. But Frosty the Snowman. Yep, Frosty that's the, the one. So so watch your, you know, if you're in the car and you turn on those holiday tunes, be very, very careful. I'll do my about best. What you're listening to. Maybe, maybe you should just stick with Brenda Lee <laughs> and uh, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree because that is the number one holiday song this year. Oh, of course. Sorry, Mariah. Did you see Mariah Carey sent Brenda Lee flowers? I did not, but I, I, I thought that was very classy. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is very, very classy. You know, like Mariah, even if, even if uh, All I Want for Christmas is You is never played again, Mariah Carey has gotten all she needs and more from having that song under her belt. I think the jokes about Mariah Carey, like, sawing every, like, Christmas season for that to come out. But you know what? You can't go wrong with rocking around the Christmas tree. That's a great one. Everybody loves that one. That's the number one, and I don't think it's dangerous to drive to at all. All right. Hey, listen, Jack. We'll talk to you again at 930. Of course. And we are coming up to 913, and uh, we've got 33 degrees at WTMJ, and we're just a couple minutes away from Matt Sossler and sports. Number 7 Marquette raced out to a 17 to nothing lead en route to a 78-59 win over Notre Dame. I mean, we expect to play well. Um, you know, with, with the team that we have, we feel like we can, uh, you know, put some runs together. I mean, you never really expect to go on a 17-0 run to start the game. But, you know, I thought it, it demonstrated our guys' readiness and, um, you know, willingness to guard. I thought we were flying around pretty good defensively, getting our hands in the basketball, forcing long possessions for them. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's definitely some areas for us to grow and improve upon, and we will. Marquette head coach Shaka Smart. It took seven minutes for the Fighting Irish to find the scoreboard, and they only shot 9 of 24 from the field in the first half. Up next, the Golden Eagles host St. Thomas this Thursday. Wisconsin Volleyball is headed to the Final Four after defeating Oregon three sets to one. Sarah Franklin led the Badgers with 20 kills, who were also dominant in the front row, with 16 blocks compared to just four for Oregon. Up next, the 2021 national champion Badgers fly south to Tampa for a national semifinal match against the 2022 national champion Texas Longhorns this Thursday. The Packers will be without a key receiver tomorrow night. Out will be Christian Watson, doubtful, uh, Quay Walker, questionable will be Jair, Aaron Jones, Darnell Savage, and Eric Stokes. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur, of those names listed, Eric Stokes was the only player who participated fully in yesterday's practice. Tomorrow night's kickoff from the Meadowlands is scheduled for 7-15. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Matt. Well, it is going to be a pretty nice day once we get through these clouds. I'm going to tell you exactly what to expect this week. You might be happy with results. 33 degrees at 917 on WTMJ. Okay, now this isn't so bad. Yesterday, of course, we had those snow flurries, and it's kind of overcast right now. But guess what? By this afternoon, we might actually get some breaks of sunshine. Our high temperature is going to be 38 degrees, and tonight clear down to 26. Good news for the rest of the week. Monday, it's going to be sunny and 40. Tuesday, mostly sunny and breezy and 38 for a high. Then on Wednesday, mostly sunny, 41. And guess what? Thursday, mostly sunny and mild. We're going to get back up around 48 degrees. Who knows? Maybe some of those inland areas will hit 50. Currently, Mequon has 32 degrees. Racine's at 34. Economic is 29. And we have 34 degrees at WTMJ at 921. The following is a paid presentation. Advice and opinions expressed during the Sunday sip are solely that of the hosts or guests and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC. 
Welcome to the Sunday Sip. I am John Merck here, and I'm so excited to be joined by my friend Cherie Dallas Branch, Assistant Divisional Director of Development at the awesome Salvation Army. Cherie, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. First off, I want to thank you because the Salvation Army does so much work, and you really impact families in our community. So thank you for everything you all do over there. Thank you. Let's get into that. What, if someone gives money to you, does the money go for? How is it used in our community? So Salvation Army um, serves families and individuals 365 days a year through our programming. So whether it's coats for kids, whether it's our food pantries, whether it's toys at Christmas time for children and our shelter, um, which houses up to 120 folks um, every day. So we have a lot of programs, about over 60 throughout Milwaukee County. Does the shelter host men, women, families, all different kinds of folks in our community? Absolutely. It's one of the few that will take families yeah. or singles. Um, and the beauty of our shelter is they don't have to leave like at 9 a.m. and then come back at 5. So they really have created an environment where those families that have that need can get complete wraparound services. And their goal is to try to get them into stable housing. I love that. All right, Cherie, so when people donate to a charity, they want to make sure that the charity is good stewards of their money. When they donate to the Salvation Army, they don't need to worry about that because a lot of the donation goes right into helping people, right? Every, absolutely. We are so proud that 87 cents of every dollar wow. goes toward our programming. And I think that's what's made Salvation Army stand out nationally. The brand is trusted, uh, and people know that it's going toward real services that impact lives on a daily basis. So I helped for several years with the toy thing that you guys do. Do you still do that? That is such a heartwarming, incredible way to help families in our community. Absolutely. The toy shop is going on right now. So we have volunteers coming into our distribution center to sort toys and pack toys. And then the in third week of December, they'll be distributing those toys to families in need. So absolutely. So if you want to help a family with toys, you want to help a family with food, you want to help a family, period, make sure you get in touch with the Salvation Army because they make a difference. And one way that's really high profile that you guys help every year is the Red Kettle Drive. I love this. It warms my heart. Tell me about the Red Kettle Drive. So the Red Kettle Campaign is our biggest fundraiser of the year, and this is nationwide. So between now and December 23rd, you'll see the red kettles um, and our iconic bells out there at various stores throughout the county. That includes Walmart's Pick and Saves and a lot of other small stores, but they have been our partners and we couldn't do it without them. So we uh, encourage people to get out there, give at the kettles. It makes a difference. Um, we also, um, because of technology, we're able to offer a tap to give, which is if you don't have a cash, no problem. We'll have about 30%. We'll have the tap to give sign where you just hold your credit card up. Oh, cool. And it takes it right there. It's a predetermined amount. And so hopefully in the next year or two, we'll have those at every location. But right now we're still kind of in the pilot phase of trying it out. And it makes a difference. We know people aren't coming out as much as they used to. Yep. But trust me, every bit helps. So save that change. Save those dollars. And if not, look for a tap to give and use your credit card. I love the tap to give because sometimes I was just in my pick and save this weekend and there was a lovely lady out there ringing the kettle right outside the door. And I came out and I don't carry a lot of cash. I couldn't find the cash. And I actually went to my car and got change out of my little change thing and came back. But the contact list is such a cool thing. It's about a third of the locations, you said? It's about a third, yes. We, we're still you know, trying it out. We tried it out last year um, mm-hmm. and it, it worked well. Mm-hmm. So right now, we're just looking at bringing it to all locations so people have that option. 
How can people sign up if they want to ring bells or they want to do more than just give cash? They actually want to get involved in helping you guys. Absolutely. So to volunteer for any of our holiday programs, especially becoming a bell ringer, samilwaukee.org is our website, samilwaukee.org. And think about it's a two-hour commitment to ring bells, but bring your friends. Have a girls' night out. Have a date night. Bring your family. Um, play music. Wear your Santa hats. It's all about bringing joy to people as they get ready for the holiday season. But more importantly, those donations at the Kettles really fund our programs throughout the year. It's critical. Think about the lessons you can teach your kids. If you have kids, sign up for a shift and bring your kids out. Decorate them up, have their little festive stuff on, and teach your kids what it means to give back. I love that idea. Absolutely. And and our data has shown that people are more likely to give if there's someone manning the kettle versus oh. if it's empty. So if you see an empty kettle, that only means we didn't have a volunteer to fill that spot. So we've got great locations. You can go online, samilwaukee.org, and choose a location in your neighborhood. We've got over 120 locations throughout Milwaukee County. So go ahead, sign up. And make it fun for you and your family. It's really become a great tradition for many families. So, Cherie, I love that you have special bell ringing events throughout the course of the holiday season. The celebrity one is just barely in the rearview mirror, but you've got other really cool stuff coming up when it comes to special bell ringing events, right? Absolutely. We are super excited that we will be again here at the Third Street Market on December 16th to have a free concert from 12 to one o'clock in the afternoon. It's called our Big Brass Blast. And it's full of holiday music. We have musicians and then folks from the community come together for like an hour-long concert. And we're proud to be able to offer this to the community. We'll also have some some special little exciting things happening on uh, happening on that day. So come on down and join us for the Big Brass Blast on December 16th. I love that. And I want to ask you before we run out of time about Christmas Family Feast, because this is such a cool thing. Tell us about Christmas Family Feast. Absolutely. It's our 34th annual It'll get, it'll get it will be held at the formerly the Wisconsin Center now the Baird Center mm-hmm. on Christmas Day. Um, feel free to sign up to volunteer. It takes about five hundred volunteers on that day to make it possible, and we feed between three and five thousand folks on that day. This has become a real staple in our community. It's a day of joy. It's a day of giving. So people come down. They have a meal. They have some entertainment. But more importantly, it's about coming together as a community. And this has been going on for 34 years strong. So please feel free uh, to come down and join us. Um, You know, it's it's just who we are. And it's it's very um, rewarding to see the smiles on families and individuals' faces that may have been alone that day or may not have had another option. Mm -hmm. But a lot of families in Milwaukee have made this their tradition as well, to come down and be be a part of something that's great um, and positive and brings our community together. And what's the website again if people want more information on all the great stuff you have going on? Absolutely. samilwaukee.org. That's samilwaukee.org. All right. So let's get out and let's ring those bells. Let's go. I love it. Cherie Dallas Branch, the Assistant Divisional Director of Development at the Salvation Army. Thank you so much for being with us on the Sunday Sip. Thank you and Merry Christmas. It's 34 degrees at 928 on WTMJ. Outside, but it's warm in here, and that's the only-
Waiting for ah, see now that's my new favorite Christmas song. I bet that's that's probably a really dangerous song to dance to. I'm Libby Collins. Welcome back to the final half hour of Wisconsin Weekend Warning News. It's nine thirty-five and thirty-four degrees at WTMJ. Joining us in the studio is Sister Mary Paul and also Sister Mary Hubert. And I understand, sisters, you have a brand new cable tv show we do you're producing that's right and we're so excited about it now it's it's not really like a religious kind of show now is it oh well we are nuns and it's in the basement of the convent and it's about christmas oh okay all right so so tell us a little bit about the show that you do and and some of the other people who join you in it well we've got mother superior who's first in command. Mm-hmm. Then you've got myself, Sister Mary Hubert, and I am second in command, soon to be first. Don't tell Mother I said that. Oh, my. And then we've got Sister Mary Paul, who we also call Amnesia. She had an unfortunate accident where she was hit on the head with a crucifix, so sometimes she doesn't remember things. Oh, that's terrible. I'm working on it, though. Yeah, I was so proud of you. Thank you. Then we've got Sister Mary Robert Ann, who is kind of the maverick of the group. She's from Brooklyn, and she kind of marches to the beat of her own drum. She's so cool. She is cool. She, she's cool. Oh, yeah. I never heard of a cool nun. Oh, she wears she, sneakers. Oh, like those those Converse shoes. She wears like high tops. And don't tell anybody, but sometimes she sneaks out of the convent and she goes to get a little sip of something. Now, Sister Mary Paul, I understand you weren't always a nun. No. What did you do before this? Oh, well, I I was the first nun to ever appear at the Grand Old Opry as a country pop singer. Did you sing with other country music stars? Well, of course I did. Uh, Reba and Dolly, have you heard of them? Not Sister Reba or Sister Dolly. These these are real people, right? Reba Re- and Dolly Parton. That, yeah. Oh, 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 okay. So what was your life as a country singer like? Oh, well, it was just wonderful because I got to do so many albums. I guess people just took a liking to me, maybe because, I don't know, what do you think, Sister Huber? What about my singing maybe attracted people? Well, I think you have a beautiful voice. <gasps> Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, you so nice. Well, you do have a beautiful voice. Well, for, forgive me, sister, but what were some of the songs that you recorded? Oh, uh, well, one of my personal favorites, but Reverend Mother sort of nixed it. She won't let me sing it now, but it's called I Got You On My Conscience, But At Least You're Off My Back. <laughs> well... Um, it's real catchy. Yeah, yeah I, I can only imagine. So so you bring your singing talents uh, mm-hmm. along here with the other sisters right. to the cable show that's that's going on right now until January 7th, right? Yes. Right. So there's now, singing, there's dancing, there's even cooking. You know, we also have some puppets. Yes. Wait, what do you cook? Sister Julia, one of our fellow nuns, is an amazing chef. And she cooks up a few things. Uh, Fruitcake. Fruitcake, goose. Yeah. <laughs> She's a great cook. Pudding. <laughs> Pudding? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sister Mary Hubert, you weren't in show business be- before you became a nun. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, I've always been on the straight and narrow. Though. Oh, I see. So I have always followed the tenets of, of the good book, and I have always, you know, valued discipline and, and decency and order. So it was only natural that I would go into the sisterhood. So I know mm. I know the show that you're doing now. It's got a lot to do with Christmas, right? Absolutely. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, do you sing some Christmas songs on this or 
you'll definitely hear some Christmas classics, but we've sort of revamped them. Ah, you have. Well, would you mind? Would you mind just giving us a little idea of maybe one of those Christmas classics? Would you? Would you share with us? <gasps> sure, yeah. we could do We Three Kings. Mm-hmm. Two, okay. three, Scooby Doo. Oh, let's do that again. <laughs> Where are we? Where am I? Yeah, Sister Amnesia. Oh, we're on the Okay, radio remember, show. it's right, it's it's We Three Kings. Three, it starts oh, out with Scooby. Scooby. You got it? Scooby-Doo. Right. Yeah, we have to we have to refresh her memory every now and then. It's mm. just a re- little reset button. Boop. Ready? There it is. <laughs> Three, two, mm. here we go. Scooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-Doo-Wah. Scooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-Dooby-Doo-Wah. We Three Kings of Orient are us. We came here on camels cause we missed the bus. They each had two humpers, I had but one. Speaking of butts, one hump is no fun. <laughs> I like that one. And I imagine Father Virgil, he joins in on some of the songs. Oh, he, he does. Yeah. He does. And Father Virgil actually is a radio host himself. Oh, he is? Yes, he has his own country music radio show. Wait, mm-hmm. a priest with a country music radio show? Listen, we are not your average run-of-the-mill convent. And- Mount St. Helens is, I would say... What would you say? I would say, I would say we are... Not what you would expect from nuns and priests. Uh, well, but I, in a good way. Oh, yeah. you know, I will a, say sometimes I say things that maybe how do you say? Um, well, you know, like how say, yeah, naughty, like like maybe I be getting cold. Um, but it's I don't mean to do that, but I do say some things. Well, you have amnesia. Yes. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, now, if you if you'd like to see Sister Mary Paul, who's also known as Kitty Callis, and also Sister Mary Hubert, you might know her as Mika King. They're going to be a performing <laughs> in Nuncrackers through January seventh at the Stagner Cabaret. That is at the Milwaukee Rep and Sisters. It's been a pleasure to have you here today. It's been a pleasure to be here, and we hope to see you. We hope to see all of you. Yes. Down at the convent. Absolutely. In the convent. Oh, yeah. There Happy holidays. Like you nun. don't even need to celebrate Christmas. Just come and celebrate with us. Celebrate mm. us. Celebrate the nuns. It's a wonderful time. It's wonderful. <laughs> I love them. They are so cute. Uh, okay, uh, wait a minute. So, Isaac, our producer, you figured out... Because you are a musician. I mean, if people don't know, Isaac is a professional drummer and plays in bands and all that. But anyway, you figured out how many beats per minute that song that the sisters just did. What was it? I did. I just I used a metronome app on my phone. It allows me to kind of tap a tempo that I'm hearing. I got 132 beats per minute on that one. Oh, so that would be more dangerous, I think, than than number ten. So it's yeah. so you got to watch. If you were driving, I apologize if if it made you drive a little more dangerously. All right, uh, coming up, what are we doing on conversations today? It is quite the interview. We'll tell you about it right after this. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. We're going to get up to about thirty-eight degrees today. It's thirty-four at WTMJ. Well. Police dog handlers have to form a trusting relationship with their canine partner, but it doesn't mean it's always easy, and it doesn't mean that it's not a dangerous job. Franklin Police Detective Holly McManus told me about canine Bane protecting the lives of other officers. 
we had a situation where we were going after some dangerous people and we knew that the offenders had firearms inside. They had their doors barricaded with two by fours. And I remember the armored vehicle sitting on the front lawn of this house. We're calling out to the guy. He's not coming out, not answering us. It was like a flat of a three-story building, and he was on that main level. So there was like a half staircase up to his level, you know, in the back of the house where there's like the shared staircase to go to all three levels of the house. Mm -hmm. And he was poking his head out from the doorframe, and he was basically saying he's not going to surrender, that the only way he was is if we went in and got him. And we're trying to get him out. And I put Bane in between the two guys with their rifles. And it's funny because I never actually had to send Bane in, but this guy is probably 10 feet from us. He could only see Bane and Bane had all of his teeth out and he never barked once, but the growl was so loud that the guy could hear him inside the house. He basically said, I'm still not coming out. And I said, well, Bane's coming in to get you. And after a little bit of negotiation, he came out and we took him into custody. And he said the only reason he came out was because of the dog. And you can hear the entire story of Canine Bane from his police handler, Franklin Detective Holly McManus, on WTMJ Conversations. It's a little 11 o'clock this morning, right after the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. 946 on WTMJ, you're one minute away from Matt Sossler in sports. Oso Iguodara led the way with 20 points in 7th-ranked Marquette's 78-59 win over Notre Dame. He's worked on his shooting quite a bit, and he, the guy does so much for our team. Um, you know, far be it from, from me or anyone else on our team to, you know, prevent him from taking a three-point shot. But I thought the rest of his game, you know, was just phenomenal. And it was clear from early on in the game that they didn't have a good matchup for him. Um, and so he did a nice job, not only with his scoring, but creating for other guys. Golden Eagles head coach Shaka Smart. The 20 points is just shy of Iguodara's season high. Up next, the Golden Eagles host St. Thomas this Thursday. Also on the hardwood, 23rd-ranked Wisconsin men's basketball fell 98-73 to to top-ranked Arizona. Their next contest is Thursday at home against Jacksonville State. Wisconsin volleyball is headed to the Final Four after defeating Oregon three sets to one. Sarah Franklin led the Badgers with 20 kills, who were also dominant in the front row, with 16 blocks compared to just four for Oregon. Up next, the 2021 national champion Badgers fly south to Tampa for a national semifinal match against the 2022 national champion Texas Longhorns this Thursday. If the season ended today, the Packers would be headed to the playoffs. Nah, we don't. We don't need a reminder at all. You know, we know exactly what position we're in. Um, you know, every game is like a playoff game for us. You know, we just gotta. We know that mentality. We gotta win out. So um, this team doesn't need a reminder of that. Quarterback Jordan Love on the team's mentality headed into tomorrow night's game against the Giants, who go for their second straight win over Green Bay after defeating the Packers in London last year. Kickoff from the Meadowlands is scheduled for 7-15. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Matt. It's 9:49, and if you are figuring out what in the world do I give to somebody that nobody else would think of, we've got a suggestion for you. It's a box of fun, and it's coming up next on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Five and old, freeze, bye. Bye.
All right. So you're maybe not going to get somebody five gold rings for Christmas, but I, I'm one of those people. I do wait till the last minute. I never know what to give certain people, especially family and friends that are not around here, and i got to send something to them, but there's a solution. Joining us on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline is Christine Amay. And, Christine, you've got some ideas for boxes of fun. Tell us about that. Yeah, good morning. We certainly do. So we work with about 35 small businesses throughout the state of Wisconsin, and we have gift boxes. So we have 10 curated gift boxes, and we also have a build-your-own box, so you can pick what you would like in those boxes. All right, well, tell us about some of the things that you're talking about, because like you said, these are all small businesses from around the state, and what makes some of these items special? Well, you know, one of the things is, is you're supporting the small business owner. You know, we talk to these people every day, and it's a, it's a grind being a small business owner. People do it because they love to do it. Um, one of the boxes that we've got is called the Morning Madness. We have someone who um, roasts um, local or fair trade coffee um, that's organic. We have someone else who has maple syrup. They were bottling the syrup last night that they're shipping out to us on Monday. Um, we have someone who makes tea, um, different people who make, like, pancake and waffle mixes. We have this cherry salsa that comes from Door County. That well, is you know what? I've ha- I have had that, and it's delicious. Yeah, that yeah. It's so amazing. good. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, also in that box, we've got an apple jam. And then I don't know if you've ever had yum butter, but they we have their peanut butter in our morning madness box. No, no. And what is this again? Yum butter. Y-U-M butter. And it's actually based in Madison, and I have to tell you, it's the best peanut butter I have ever had in my life. And I love peanut butter, and it's not like I'm, like, a critic of peanut butter, but, like, this is just different on a whole new level of deliciousness. Now, you know, and, and I know price points are always important to people when they're, when they're buying gifts, and you know how much you want to spend, and you've got a budget. Um, how expensive are these? You know, we've got them for as low, the curated ones for as low as twenty nine or $39, um, and as high as $139. So if you want to send a gift to a whole family, the Snack Attack is a great option. That's the $139 box, and there's something for everyone in your family. Plus, you could even take it to a party to share all of the goodies. There's cheese and sausage and popcorn and potato chips and almonds. There's just so many wonderful things. So, yeah, we try and hit everyone's budget. All right, and i got to ask you about this, because I, I, I don't know if you've done this, because you've been doing this four years. Is this the first year that you're offering a game? It is not. I want to say this is the third year that we have Brandyland on our page. Wait, what did you call it again? <laughs> it's called Brandyland. Um, it's, an, it, you know, it's in the vein of Candyland, um, but it's an adult game, and you, it's definitely a drinking game. And the cards are actually different activities that you have to do with the adults in your life. For example, um, take your partner to the bathroom and wash their hands for them. Silly, fun, drinking game activities. (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, it's really a great idea. As you said, fourth year doing this, what kind of reaction have you gotten from the people who have sent the boxes and the people who have received them? Oh, we get emails and letters even all year long, and people are ordering from the companies. People just love them, and we try and change up the products every year. So you could have ordered the, one of the snack boxes last year, and we have new different businesses and products in those boxes this year. 
Um, so yeah, we, people just think they're great. We have companies that order from us. Um, one company ordered 25 different boxes to send to their employees at their homes. Um, it just because it's like such a fun thing to receive and you like, it's the box that keeps on giving you pull one thing out and there's another thing and there's another thing. It's just so much fun. Well, that's interesting what you said, especially for a business person, you do have, you know, if you're giving things to all of your employees, that's a great idea. Yeah, yep. So we have, like, one of them will drop off these 25 boxes and they'll hand them out to the employees that are at work. Another one we're shipping to all the employees that are all over the United States. Um, so, yeah, we can, we can kind of help in any way. All right. Now, if anybody wants to find out more about Boxes of Fun, and remember, this helps support businesses all around Wisconsin. What do they need to do? You can go to WisconsinBoxesOfFun.com um, and order a box. And if you want to order some for your employees, you can shoot us an email at christineskitchens at gmail.com, and we can help you set that up make it a little easier than the website would be for a bulk order. Oh, Christine, it's it's really a, a win-win for everybody. It's a win for the businesses involved in this, and it's a win for the people who are having trouble figuring out what to buy, their friends and family, and also for the people who get them. Thank you so much for telling us about the boxes of fun. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Have a happy holidays. Same to you. We're coming up to 9.58. Stick around right after the news. It's the Yakinet Mortgage and Realty Show. And, and David and uh, Brian are going to tell you about those mortgage rates. There was a little surprise this week. And why is it such a good surprise? And I'll be back at 11 o'clock with WTMJ Conversations.